Thank you for joining us here at Second Baptist Church. Today you will be hearing one of our members teach from the Explore the Bible curriculum. The Explore the Bible curriculum is provided by Lifeway and is a curriculum that we use in our Sunday school and Bible study groups at the church. If you are able, we would love to have you join us in one of our groups. Our church meets at 301 Tomberlin Road, and more information can be found at secondbaptistwaycross.com. Thank you for joining us. So thank you all so much for joining us. We're glad you're back. We are starting a new series this week, uh, How to Share Christ, and it's going to be six weeks long. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, because it's going to get more into uh, our personal lifestyle and the way we perceive ourselves. And uh, so as we start that off today, we're going to get a good look at that as we look at what we often refer to as the Great Commission uh, and see it as an invitation of God for us to join Him in His work. And so I want to read something here. It's on the, if you have your book, I I encourage you to go to it. It's It's in the study guide. And it makes this mention. Join us in seeing ourselves as a news feed of what Jesus has done for us. And the same way that we look to news outlets or our social media to keep us informed about what's going on in the world, so too you and I have the opportunity to be a representative to the world of who Jesus is. And so that's a great challenge as we kick this off. Uh, this, this study was written by Marcella, I believe it's Marcella, Jackson Wilburn, and she is a missionary in the San Francisco Bay Area, she and her husband, and they work in church planning and a lot of different opportunities there. So I'm grateful for uh, her writing here and the perspective that she'll help bring to us sharing God's good news. So Christy's going to kick us off by reading the passage that many of us are familiar with out of Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This passage is known as the Great Commission, and um, the book, if you have it, just gave the definition of commission, and I'll read that. The prefix calm means together or with, jointly, and the word mission means a specific task a person or a group is charged with doing. So a commission is a task we're given to do together, jointly, and so the message of this verse these verses here as we refer to them a lot of times as the great commission is that we join christ in making disciples of other people yeah and that's the beautiful thing that what is happening here and don't miss what jesus says in this passage he says all authority has been given to me and in heaven that's what he says in verse 18 and then in verse 20 he says and remember i am with you always and in the middle of that he says go and so this is a, an invitation by Jesus for us to join him in his work and what he had been doing. And this, he was telling his disciples, you know, I was gone. I was with you for three years. Uh, this is after his resurrection. And he's saying, now I am inviting you into what I was doing. Uh, and, and he promises to be with them. And uh, I said something a couple, uh, this past week to my students. And I'll say it again here because I was going to say it later, but I'll say it at this point. If we don't learn to recognize the presence of Jesus in our everyday lives, 
then we won't ever see Jesus. And he'll be some being that's somewhere else and some, you know, some great unknown, uh, which will make sharing the gospel extremely difficult because then it becomes just a recitation of intellectual uh, perspectives. Uh, but when we see Jesus in our daily lives, and this will be the challenge for us, uh, that the writer will help lead us through over the next six weeks, as we see Jesus in our daily lives, then telling others about him will be as simple as telling them what is happening in our daily life uh, and then showing and, and reminding them of his faithfulness and goodness. Yeah, the one thing I think is is a great reminder about these verses, he's not pointing out their abilities and their the things that they're gifted with or um, you know all the good things that, that they can do themselves, that they have the ability to do. He's just pointing out his authority and the fact that the Father had given him the authority to do this. So he's putting his confidence in them going out and helping commission and bring disciples in just based on who he is, not necessarily what they're gifted in doing. Yeah, and as she was saying this, I had this picture in my mind just pop up. Uh, and it reminded me, uh, we've been in at the church we're at now for we're now there for seven years we were there six years before and uh, so 13 years in total so our kids have literally grown up in that church and the way that they walk through that building is far different than many of the other kids and students that go there um, if i say hey i need you to go get a basketball or a pump or whatever you know there's no hesitancy in how they go they know where the room is they know where the ball is they know where my office is. They know where all these things are. And they walk through that place with authority, um, not because of who they are, even though that is a part of it, but it's because of who we are. And they've spent so much time there, and they know it, and they're very comfortable. And, and that's literally what Jesus is saying to us. I have all authority. The whole world is my, you know, for lack of a better word, my office or my playground. So just come with me there, mm -hmm. and there's just an assurance there. And this one I was trying to communicate about our kids when they walk through that place. There's an assurance to my kids when they walk through the church building that a lot of the other kids don't have simply because they don't have the same relationship with it. And this is what Jesus has promised to us, right. this, this assurance. Yeah, that we're just comfortable with being able to share his good news because of who we are in him, because of what he's done for us, and because of the authority that he's given us yeah so you know the, the one of the questions here a key question that, that the writer asks as we get ready to transition to uh, the book of second corinthians is what does it mean to make disciples and uh christy may want to answer that but you know a disciple essentially is this it's a follower and uh so it's a daily thing you know and so that's our Commission. Yeah, I think without jumping ahead, what does it mean to make disciples? Is that it means to just just share with others what God's done for you and asking them to join you in that. Um, try not to jump ahead to the next passage there. But one thing the writer pointed out, though, is um, that fulfillment of the Great Commission, there's a few things, who, what, and how, and where. The who of the Great Commission is anyone and everyone is invited. The what is, like we just said, make disciples, make followers of Jesus by baptizing them and teaching them. Um, and how? 
by his authority, which we've already hit, and where? Everywhere, all nations, not just here in America, not just overseas. We need foreign missionaries as well as local and um, United States missionaries. So we're going to move to 2 Corinthians now as the author transitions us into looking in from Paul's perspective as Paul writes back to the church at Corinth and he's challenging them with this same thing that Jesus has given. And so we're going to read those and see the role that we can play in our daily life um, as we do so. so. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. From now on then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. So as we get into this passage, Paul Paul is writing a very, it's a very forthright challenge, but it, it is so, as, as with most of Paul's writings, it has so many layers to it that we could sit and try and, you know, dig out and understand, but the first thing he reminds us is this, that we don't know anyone from a worldly perspective. And that is such a difficult thing to do. And so what I mean by that is, and I believe what Paul meant was when Paul said, you don't know anybody from a worldly perspective, it means that we don't go off of the appearances of someone. Um, and that's hard because for example, let's say we're, Let's say we see somebody who looks successful, their family looks successful, their lives look successful. And so we say, well, what can I, you know, we look at that as, as proof of who they are. And Paul says, don't look at anybody from that standpoint. Uh, the, the flip side of that, which we also do very well, is we see somebody who's struggling, who has issues and problems. Uh, maybe they're very visible, maybe in their family, maybe their personal life or whatever it may be. And we look at them and we, we, we said, wow, that's horrible too. And Paul says, you don't even know. You don't even know. You, you, you cannot know that person from that perspective. And, and what a challenge uh, to even consider. Yeah, it's easy to, um, Daniel tells our kids a lot of times, look down instead of up all the time. It's, it's easy to look at people and think that, that God's blessings and favor is upon mm -hmm. them because they have the nice cars and the nice home and, and their kids are nice and that you know they've got it all together and and then you look at someone else who's not quite as fortunate in that area and you think well I mean maybe he's just not blessing them right now and it's just easy to look the wrong way and and Paul's telling us here don't look at people from that perspective look at them from a spiritual perspective and realize that their soul is important and everyone's soul is important and when that happens, I mean, you know, for example, you maybe you know the person who is always down on themselves, right? And we get frustrated with that. Or maybe you know the person who's always right, and we get frustrated from that. And Paul is saying you need to understand the spiritual root of what is happening there. And yesterday I was meeting with a with a gentleman, and 
we were just talking about life and different things. He was sharing some opportunities with me about uh, the, the work that he's involved in. And we got off on, on church for a minute. And he said, he said, years ago, my wife and I went to this church for the first time. And uh, he said, when we left, she was very upset. And I was asking her, you know, why are you upset? And she said, well, we can never go to church there. And he said, you know, why? And she said, well, you know, everybody in that class, you know, seemed to be really secure in their position, you know, financially. They looked all put together. They're talking about their kids and their kids are the best behaved kids in the world. And, you know, they're getting good grades and they're doing all these wonderful things. And she's like, that's not us. And uh, his response was, well, you know, let's give it some time because that's probably not them as well. And there's two levels of condemnation there. There's the first level of condemnation is we often look at people like that. We, we, but the second level of condemnation is we're measuring ourselves that way and we're also presenting ourselves that way. You know, those people in that class that day were thinking, we've got to impress these people. You know, we've got to make sure that we have all our ducks in a row because they probably have all their ducks in a row. And we end up in this culture cycle of, you know, the spin cycle that Paul's saying, get out of. You can't know anybody that way. Oh, it's so. so easy to get trapped in that, comparing yourself to them and making yourself look like them. Even though, I mean, if you could just look around, you know, you, you know life's not like that, but it's easy to get caught up in that. Yeah, and, and the word there, the ministry of reconciliation is, and I, I go back to what Jesus did. He fed hungry people. He healed hurting people. He condemned self-righteousness. These were the patterns of his life. And so if we're going to be the ministers of reconciliation, then we need to recognize that people are hungry. And I'm not just talking about the physical hunger, even though that's a huge part of it, but people are hungry. Um, we need to recognize that people are hurting, uh, even those who look like they have it all together. And we need to realize that we have a tendency within our own selves for self-righteousness and we need to you know constantly keep that uh, in check because of what it can do to our our lives so just reminding us in verse 18 and, and let me verse 19 I want to read this again because this is you know we're called to be in the Great Commission with Jesus and this is what Paul says it looks like that is in Christ God was, and you could actually put the word there, is as well. God was and is reconciling the world to himself. Now listen to this line. Not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. And here's my challenge for me that I'm going to give to you as well. The message of reconciliation is a message of listening to what people are saying, observing what they are doing, and in our minds, allowing ourselves to be wronged so that they can be reconciled to God. And what I mean by that is we have a tendency, I have a tendency, my, my Christy can tell you this, I have a tendency to condemn. Especially if somebody speaks against me or, or does something I think is wrong or different than me, I condemn. And the we're not called to a, a ministry of condemnation or a message of condemnation. We're called to a message of reconciliation. Um, and sometimes it's easy to say, well, that person just sees the best in everybody, and that's the easy way to go out. And, and yeah, there can be a tendency towards that in our lives if we're not careful, if we're just wanting to get what we can get out of it. But there is a call there for 
the way we think and speak of others. So. It is, and the, it's easy to condemn others. It's easy to condemn yourselves as well and feel like you're not qualified and you're not gifted and you're not, you know, able to share this ministry or this, um, this call to reconciliation as God has commanded us to do and asked us to do because you feel like you don't meet that criteria yourself in that in that time period. One of the examples that the book gave us was checking reviews. Um, I don't know if you do any shopping online or eBay purchases or things like that. I have recently started doing a little bit more shopping online, which I don't really like. I think I've sent everything back I've purchased online. It's like four dresses later. I still don't have one. So the anyway. The fifth one comes today. Does it? Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. So, so <laughs> I have this, this thing. I read all the reviews and I'm like, uh, okay, no, maybe I don't like that. Maybe I don't like that. And so I've sent everything back and returned it and, Maybe I'll find something one day to wear to this wedding. But anyway, so the writer was saying before purchasing an item, we might check reviews to see what other people have experienced and how he, she turns this around. It's the writer's a shit, not a he. She turns it around to say that our encounter with Christ is a powerful word of mouth review and how that just our testimony is like Daniel said, it's like a walking news feed. You know, if you have Instagram or Snapchat or anything like that, you see the stories is what they call them. So our life is a walking story constantly with, with the good news of Jesus. And so we should, we should watch how we, how we act. Now I'm very critical. Like he just said about himself. I know I am of other people. I'm very condemning, but not only of them, I'm also that way of myself. Yeah. And so it's easy to say, well, I'm just not qualified. I'm just not gifted. So I think I'll just sit here and let somebody else do that. Well, it's not an option. Like you have to do it. So get up and be an example every day. Yeah. And, but don't, don't forget that it's an invitation. I mean, you're walking in your daddy's house. You know, you're at daddy's work. You're at your friend's work. You have utmost confidence because uh, we do condemn ourselves, but anybody who has, sat for the last year and watched, you know, the what, probably almost 50 plus videos now that you've taught in, would disagree with you heartily on that. Um, and I'm still laughing because two days ago I opened my email and I'm like, seriously, she's trying again? Because <laughs> there's a notification, your order has shipped. I'm like, not my order, her order. <laughs> I didn't realize it was coming this fast. I think it's supposed to be here today. Wow. If not today, to, um, Monday. I mean, I have something to wear to the wedding. My our daughter's getting married in May. But, you know, there's just, you better you have never a backup. Know. Better, better have, happen. I mean, absolutely. what if you get something on that thing before you? Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. And what so, if you wake up that morning and put it on and just say, change your mind. You don't like it. You're a girl. You can change <laughs> your mind a lot. Uh, so we're going to move now into verses 20 through 21. And as we do so, I want to give you this thought before Christy reads them. The challenge, one of the bigger challenges for us, instead of quote unquote, just going and telling people about Jesus is knowing who Jesus is and recognizing Jesus in our lives. I had a situation this past week, m multiple situations, but I did have one situation this past week. I was very frustrated 
I was very, and it was just me. It was me and working on something, and it was just my decision. You know, nobody else was involved or whatever. And I just kind of paused for a minute. I couldn't see a way, you know, forward that was helpful or good or whatever. And it was like, all of a sudden, I knew the answer. I saw the answer. And I was like, I can do that. And, you know, I had asked and prayed that day earlier and prior for God to guide me. And, I mean, how can I not see that as, as part of his plan? As part of him being in my life? That in a decision that only impacted me and only impacted something I was doing, that he was present. Um, maybe it's going to work. You get an encouraging song on the radio or, or a challenging song or you know, a podcast you're listening to or something like that. That's the invitation that we're given to people. Um, not just, quote, that they can have their sins forgiven and not go to hell when they die. Um, although there is a definitive eternal reality to this. Um, but the way we can present this is, is because we can invite them into what God is doing in our daily lives, which I think is what Jesus was saying. Right. It's not always, it doesn't always have to be the um, Romans Road or the ABC's Salvation, it's not always presenting it that way. It's its having a relationship with someone and being kind to them and sharing what God's done in your life, which can turn to presenting the gospel to them through the Bible and through Scripture and, and leading them to a um, relationship with God. Um, sometimes they wrote, they wrote in here that it's, we might be afraid of rejection. You know, I think all of us can agree with that or... Um, afraid of offending someone, especially when we break open the word because the word becomes offensive to us even mm -hmm. at times or um, not necessarily offensive, but something that confronts us and we just don't like it sometimes. So those are, those are actual real fears that we can have when we're sharing Jesus with someone else and that's okay. But the point is just dragging them like he was talking about our kids, dragging them through the church with you and exploring and and taking them alongside and, and helping them to see this, this side of the story. Absolutely. So now we're going to move to 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to read two more verses, and Chris is going to read for us. 20 and 21. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ, or I'm sorry, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, I know I've heard this passage preached in church, but it's not one that I can say I've heard, you know, hundreds of times. If you're not familiar with Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians uh, like 14, 15, and then his writings in 2 Corinthians 5 and 6, these are passages you, you want to read and, and understand because picture this you know we're ambassadors for christ you know we didn't show up and read this thing and get a certificate that makes us an ambassador a true ambassador knows the plans and the policies of the person they're on whose behalf they're working they know their plans they know their po their policies but here's the, the third one that we often miss okay the truest ambassador knows the personality of the person they're working for so you go with your own personality, but you are bending your personality to the person that you're, that you're representing. representing. 
And so in the case of Christ, my goodness, if that doesn't take the condemnation straight out of us, the one who stood on the, who hung on the cross and says, Father, forgive them. Don't lay this, this final act of degradation. And when they were taking Jesus' clothes and gambling of them in front of Jesus, they were doing something that all soldiers have done throughout history, you know, getting what they could get out of the situation. And so doing, they were ignoring the reality of what was happening behind them. And that, that is one of the most offensive sins that there is, ignoring the humanity of someone, the, the, someone made in the image of God. And Jesus' very cry in that moment is, <clears throat> don't condemn them. And so we need to know God's personality. And God is a, is a merciful, compassionate, I mean, just look at Jesus. And, I mean, Jesus told Philip, he's like, if you've seen me, you literally have seen the Father. There's, there's not anything else um, to see. Um, and that's what he's called us to be. Yeah, the the bracelets or the book that what would Jesus do? Um, it is a good reminder because like Daniel said, an ambassador is a representative. And so if I'm trying to represent Daniel, I want to really embrace the personality or what he would be doing and, and try to convey that. And if we're representatives of Jesus, then we need to take on his personality and his um, spirit in the way we treat other people and the way we care for them and in the way we share the gospel with them, share the good news with them. Yeah, the writer had this point. They represent far, ambassadors represent far more than devotion and commitment. They're authorized agents and representatives. And they're authorized because of, in the case of a, a physical ambassador, like for a nation or something, because of the trust that the president or the leader of that country has in that person. Um, and in our case, it's the same thing. Jesus says, I'm giving you my spirit. I'm sending you out and I trust you. And what a, what a humbling thought to consider that. And as we do so, just to kind of wrap it up here, um, Paul's reminder in verse 21 is what happened to Jesus. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So the greatest message that ultimately we are sharing is that, that the one who knew no sin took our sin on himself. Our failures, our shortcomings, our pitfalls, our willfulness, our ignorance, all those things, um, so that we might have the righteousness of God. So thank y'all for joining us in this series. I'm excited about it. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed the way that it was presented here in this first session. And uh, the challenge for us is to... Uh, live out the Great Commission. And it's not just a challenge as in, you know, go achieve. It's a challenge as in, let's go do it. You know, what's happening today? And in which way are we doing that? So God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening.